And welcome everyone to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady. My co-host Lou Weiss is out on assignment. But joining us today is Anthony Nieves, who is the committee chair for the Services Report on Business from the Institute for Supply Management. We've been working with them now for over a decade. So we're really pleased to have Anthony on the show faithfully every month to talk about the Services Report. Thanks for joining us, Anthony. Well, thank you for having me on the show. I remember when I would do a guest spot once in a while and all of a sudden that transposed into a regular gig. You know, yeah. I feel uh, privileged being on Manufacturing Talk Radio. Yeah, we, we sucked you in. Now, uh, your report, and I'm hearing that other reports in other countries are similar. The services sector is holding up fairly well. It has been. I mean, you know, there are some concerns out there. Our respondents indicated that they have a few concerns, potential headwinds. Uh, we see all the headlines that come across uh, mainstream media, potential recession. Uh, we know about the high profile layoffs that have uh, happened in the information industry, the tech sector. But uh, overall, things are still boding well. Um, I'll kind of go through some of the numbers here. We'll see that we see that the composite index at 51.9 had a slight uptick, 0.7 percentage point uh, from the 51.2. And the four sub-indexes that make up and comprise this composite index, business activity, new orders, employment, and supplier deliveries. And I'll speak to each of those uh, and then give an overview on that. Uh, we see business activity came down just slightly, uh, I shouldn't say slightly, but 3.4 percentage points from the 55.4 to 52. New orders up 3.9 percentage points to 56.1. Employment 50.8, down half a percentage point. And supplier deliveries 48.6, contracting again for the third consecutive month. So when looking at this, what does that tell us? It tells us that, and this is based on what our respondent comments are, as we have you know well over 300 members on our survey committee, and they have indicated that as we've seen improvement in the supply chain, supply logistics, um, we see that uh, capacity has improved, and this has lowered the cycle time, and this has improved the deliveries. Uh, demand has come off just a little bit, but uh, still demand. We're still seeing incremental growth. And so therefore the services sector continues to uh, grow, but albeit at a slower rate from what we've been accustomed to after that pent up demand coming out of the uh, pandemic. Yes, I was particularly pleased to see uh, employment holding up and new orders getting a nice bump. Uh, so that was very strong. What are your respondents saying? How are they feeling, Anthony? Well, I think that, uh, you know, looking at the different co uh, comments that come out from all the different industries, and I like this one that starts out at the top that came in from accommodation and food services, lead times are improving, suppliers are struggling with how to position themselves with pricing, those keeping prices higher despite a drop in input costs are at risk of losing their business to those that are willing to adjust prices in line with lower input costs. And that one, and the other one that I like is from Wholesale Trade. Business activity remains relatively flat compared to last month. Inventories are much more balanced versus demand and supply chains are near full recovery. Optimistic about demand and business activity in later spring and summer months. 
So what does that mean? It means that uh, as we've seen this improvement in capacity and supply, little less demand, inventories have been impacted as well. We see that contracting because they don't have to carry large inventories based on shorter lead times. So it's all about cash flow, cash liquidity, also right-sizing those inventories. And those all that came directly from comments from our respondents. And the fact remains that prices we see are still increasing, but they're moderating more so than they were in the past. Uh, inflation is still there. Uh, pricing power, it depends. We've seen a shift, uh, the shift being that during the pandemic, everybody was locked down. They were buying all these electronics and Pelotons and all kinds of exercise equipment and furniture and other things. And now, as things have opened up now for several months, it's more based on experiences. We're seeing travel and other types, dining. And so we've seen improvements there. So it's less on the commodity side. And that's uh, something that I know near and dear to the manufacturing side. Look at commodity prices. Outside of the steel, which we have reported both up and down in price, many of the metals have come down in, in pricing. And as far as the list that we have in the report itself for commodities up in price, short supply, that list has been cut down dramatically and we're seeing uh, more on the lower pricing side. So it's still uh, not quite uh, at the point where we would see the Fed start to decrease interest rates, probably one more hike coming out, but uh, hopefully down the road, uh, we can stave off this inflation, start to see rates come down. And more importantly, we need to get that kick in the big uh, area that contributes to GDP for this sector and overall for the economy is the real estate rental and leasing piece. Well, I appreciate you mentioning the prices. I asked Tim Fiore uh, on the show for the manufacturing report on business. What was happening with prices? Because they were still increasing in the manufacturing sector. And was anybody giving them pushback? And I'm, I'm actually glad to hear your respondents saying, you know, they could lose some business if they're not going to be flexible on price. Definitely. It's, uh, you know, it's starting to be a point, uh, get to a point where uh, competition is now surfacing. In the past, it was all about continuity of supply. It was about being able to find it, obtain the product. You know, it wasn't but a few months ago, we were talking about how many container ships were in the queue offshore waiting to offload. Now we don't even hear about it anymore. So there's no containers, really. It's minimal, back down to pre-COVID pre levels almost. So, um, you know, as we've had this improvement in the supply chain and uh, production capacity, uh, capacity overall has improved. Uh, you know, we're starting to see uh, the results of that. Um, we still see this incremental growth. Uh, hopefully it continues. I think, you know, employment has been a mixed bag for this sector. We've had a combination of, as I mentioned previously, the high profile layoffs that we see in the headlines in the tech arena but then there's still other industries and companies that are having a little difficulty in finding suitable workers applicable to the open jobs that they have. And then there's others that are saying, hey, let's wait and see. We don't know what direction the economy and business conditions are going. So let's not backfill these positions that came uh, available through attrition. Let's wait and see and make sure, uh, you know, there's an old adage uh, way back that I heard, and I'm going to date myself because uh, uh, you know, keeping your powder dry in a storm. 
you know, and you look at the, the Gen X would say powder. What does that have to do with it? What kind of powder, you know, <laughs> what storm? You mean powder came in a keg and you did that with what, what, what did you do with it? <laughs> well, it's interesting. Uh, I have been watching employment as you have for some time and I didn't really expect it to go down a lot. I didn't expect the employment, the unemployment numbers to rise dramatically despite the Fed rate increases because finding people has been so hard. There's still 9 million open jobs, a million in manufacturing, and I think eight in services. So there's a lot still out there, uh, that which is encouraging because it's the unemployment piece as it rises, it tends to trigger a hard landing for a long period of time. So encouraging news on the employment front. Definitely. And, you know, we look at all the variables that comprise a potential recession. Um, and again, there's some uncertainty, but as indicated in the report, the majority of the respondents feel confident that business conditions are, are good right now. Uh, and we see it in the indexes. The challenge remains, you know, we need to stave off this inflation. We need rates to come down to stimulate uh, the real estate rental and leasing um, industry. Right now, we're seeing some things happen on the commercial side. It's more on the revitalization, renovation versus, you know, new home starts and whatnot. And, you know, with interest rates where they are, it's kind of stifled things a little bit. But, um, you know, we'd like to see uh, what these variables that I'm talking about, you mentioned the unemployment rate is low. All right, that's one. We still have GDP growth, even though when we look at it in this report on an annualized basis, you're talking a half a percentage point. And that's not where we were in the past. And the one concerning thing is the inverted yield curve, right? Which has been a, a correct uh, indicator or, or predictor of what might happen on the um, uh, recession side of things. And right now with the yield curve inverted, hopefully that doesn't uh, cause the psyche to change uh, even more so toward that uh, recession uh, type talk and, and, and talk ourselves into one. Hopefully we stay on the same course of incremental growth and uh, things continue on. I think we'll have a better feel on May 8th. And we know, I know we've scheduled to be on the show, both Tim and I, with you guys on the semi-annual release that's coming out uh, at the ISM uh, World Conference, which will be in Grapevine, just outside of Dallas. And that goes from the 7th through the 10th of May. And we have our respondents giving us the semi-annual uh, information and the release will be on that date, May 8th. And uh, we'll have a better indication of what our respondents feel the direction is, not just as we measure things month over month in this report, but with the semi-annual, we look at backwards, you know, the past year, six months, going forward the next six months in the year, and then year over year, we look at many different comparisons coupled with uh, asking several special questions as it relates to business conditions and the economy. Anthony, the commercial side of real estate, I, I know when the pandemic hit and we had to shut down, send everybody home, then people began working from home. Now there's a somewhat of a push to bring them back in the office, but the commercial leasing companies have to be just overflowing with vacant space. Is that likely to ameliorate here or are they in trouble for a while? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I think it varies by geographic area, but for the most part overall in totality, 
we've seen a, a pullback in the amount of square footage that's being uh, leased or rented uh, in the commercial side of things. We know that um, you know the vibrant uh, vibrance is all uh, kind of to what area we're talking about in the country. And I can tell you, even from my own personal experience with this, I went from an office space of about 4,000 square feet and I cut it down to less than half because I still have some people working remotely and I don't, and I'm looking to be more cost-effective in how I uh, look at square footage in, in, in commercial space for, for my own utilization. And I think that's been true across the board as I've talked to uh, certain uh, building managers and property managers out there. They see a lot of people have downsized or they're working remotely. I know my accounting firm went from having a physical location to they're all pretty much disparate and, and remote now. And because of connectivity that we have in today's world of technology, uh, I can do as many things from my home office as I can do from my, uh, my office location, uh, my commercial office location. Yes, clearly. I want to not pass over this uh, semi-annual forecast that the ISM does, which is really significant information, and we're grateful that you share it with us. Can you share, without giving us the respondent answers now, which are probably not all tabulated, what the special questions are that you're investigating? You know, not to pun on words, that's a great question. But... <laughs> You know, we ask them things around employment, uh, about hiring, because uh, we've touched on that. Uh, we've asked them about, um, you know, things as far as uh, we always ask about capital reinvestment. Uh, and that's part of the normal uh, uh, report itself. Uh, we ask them about uh, things with supply chain and capacity and uh, in the past, we've asked them about tariffs and how that impacted their operations. So we, we always, and we, and we look at um, interest rates and inflation and other things, and also uh, not to get off topic, but we measure things in this report that we don't do in the monthly, such as revenues. And you uh, talked about this even prior to the show about sales to inventory ratio and uh, other things that are not normally part of the monthly report, but do give us a better indication from a economic perspective outside of just the supply chain arena and the supply management arena. I'm going to be curious what CapEx has done. Uh, I know that you had the forecast in December of what it would do. Uh, we look forward to chatting with you on what it's actually done and what it looks like for the balance of the year, because that's a pretty good indicator of what the services sector and the manufacturing sector feels like they should inject into their operations or expansion based on where things are going uh, with the economy. So we look forward to that piece. Uh, have your uh, respondents shared in this report, the monthly report, anything that's going on in terms of their expansion? We had a lot of you know, chip plants that we're gonna open and they're probably right on the cusp of operations. How is that doing? Well, we get a, a, some responses from the, uh, or I should say some comments from the respondents indicating that there has been some business expansion and that's why we've seen the new waters index increase to where it at, where it is right now, you know, going up that uh, 3.9 percentage points, whether it be uh, new sources of business or expanding on the existing customer base. So uh, that's, that's kind of where uh, we get that information from. 
as far as you know, going back to what you talked about with the um, capital uh, reinvestment, the capital expenditures, you know, it's interesting that with the eclectic nature of this services sector, companies, uh, and, and I speak to where I came from, I was in the accommodation and food services arena, and, and we would have, you know, a set percentage of uh, revenue that we would use as a basis for capital expenditure, you know, not to exceed and keep within, you know, let's arbitrarily use a number of 2%, say, and that would be geared toward uh, capital reinvestment. And keep in mind that in the space of hotels or restaurants and whatnot, they need refurbishments, whether it be a hard good or a soft good uh, refurbishment, they need to keep that product fresh. So when businesses sometimes slow down, companies, if they have the cultures for it, they take that opportunity to reinvest and to, you know, revitalize, refurbish their, their product offering, whatever it might be, so that it stays fresh and clean. And again, that, you know, it varies by company. I can't do a blanket approach with that statement, but that's just been some historical trends that have developed, especially in the accommodation side. You haven't yet touched on imports and exports. In this particular report, they took a positive leap. Yes, they did. And, you know, that came up on the telecom this morning about exports going up 17.2 percentage points. And keep in mind that in this sector, we don't export as much on the, as the manufacturing side. And it's less so in tangible goods. You know, tangible goods comes out of the retail arena, but mostly it's that, you know, I've talked about it on the show in the past, that knowledge management, which includes the consulting type things. Uh, it would be information on the technology side, management of companies and support services, professional scientific technical services, those type of things that are not as tied to the exchange rate that we normally see with commodities. However, as things have improved over in you know, Europe and other places, and as we know, Asia's moved past their holiday season. So we're starting to see more activity on the export side. Same thing can be said uh, for the imports as well. Let's talk about inventory sentiment for a while because we have been kind of following that and there was a certain degree of just buy it and get it in-house. Uh, our is the services sector, which includes retail, kind of uh, a full up on inventory and they're waiting for their inventory levels to decline before reorders start to hit? Well, I think what you're seeing and, and we have just under 60% of our respondents in, in the services sector actually measure inventories. And because some are dealing strictly with non that they don't have any tangible goods that they're dealing with whereas other companies are other industries are and so it goes back to what i was saying earlier it's a combination of many things uh and the respondent comments directly speak to this where they say we're starting to see our inventories get to the right level uh because cycle time is shortened because there's been so much improvement in the supply chain as well as capacity that they don't have to carry as much inventory. Uh, if you think back in past shows, we talked about how our respondents were saying they were ordering two, three times more than what they needed because they wanted to maintain continuity of supply and the supply wasn't readily available. And so they were putting in more frequent orders and larger quantities. And so now they're cutting back on that and they're looking at inventory turnover rates and cash liquidity and cash flow 
And again, not to be redundant, but things have gotten better logistics wise. So they don't need to worry about carrying more inventory than what they had in the past. And this is more a demand pull sector versus the lead times that you see on production side for manufacturing. So with that demand pull, you know, hand to mouth type buying is starting to become more prevalent as it was in the past. So it's now just in time versus just in case. <laughs> right, right. Good point. Uh, Anthony, how is the food services doing? I always look to what's happening in restaurants as an indicator of the health of the economy or the strength of the economy. You know, if the parking lot is full at six o'clock, the economy is doing pretty well because people feel like they can go out to dinner. Uh, when it's pretty vacant at six o'clock, you're in trouble. This is true. Well, it depends on what area of the country. Now, if you are in Florida, where you have a lot of early birds based on the demographics, you know, <laughs> people tend to eat earlier versus over here on the West Coast uh, tend to be more late risers, laid out more into the evening. So they had to push, you know, it depends. And even out here, if you're on the West side, which is more on the LA uh, you know, area versus out in the suburbs in the Valley, uh, they tend to be more bedroom communities in the valley. So their meal periods start earlier versus on the LA side, they tend to be starting a little later. But to your point, the restaurant business seems vibrant. Uh, combination of food services was you know, the second industry when you look at business activity this month, uh, they were number two. Um, but also on the downside, keep in mind, we had a lot of restaurant fatalities during the course of the pandemic, right? I think the estimates were overall, it was like close to 30% of somewhere around there. And it depends upon what area it could even be hired. There was a lot of closures. So with the restaurants that I've seen in just the immediate area where I'm at, they seem very busy compared to, especially on the Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights, they just seem packed. Um, and again, it's based on the affluence maybe in the area that, I, that I'm frequenting, uh, who knows? But overall, the industry seems to be doing much better. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned uh, uh, time of day because when I was in Los Angeles, I was out there for a little more than a decade and someone said, let's get together for dinner. I said, hey, that's great, when do you wanna do it? How about Tuesday at nine o'clock? <laughs> dinner at nine o'clock? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I had a, a, a friend of mine, sports marketing guy, and we did some events uh, together when uh, I was the liaison when I was within the hotel industry. And I was getting up every morning by 4, 4.30 in my office by, you know, 5.30, quarter to six. And then when he wanted to do dinner afterwards or meet somewhere, and he says, how about nine o'clock? And I'm like, I'm falling asleep at 9.30, you know? <laughs> Well, Anthony, thanks again for being with us. We appreciate the Institute for Supply Management uh, making you folks available for us to chat with about what's happening in manufacturing sector and the services sector. I appreciate you being here again. Well, we appreciate being on the show and uh, we'll be talking to you on Monday again, May 8th. Yes, everyone be in tune for that Monday show. There's a lot of great information on what's happening with the economy and what it looks like going forward. We're always looking at forward, looking forward, thinking information, which we do with our manufacturing outlook easing.
as well. That digital magazine is at manufacturingoutlook.com. And thank you for being with us on this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thank you. Make sure you tell Lou we missed him, but we still held our own without him. <laughs> okay. We will do that. Bye, everyone, for now. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.